real joy to be able to to help to to support and oversee what you're doing here so those of you that don't know us we're in in medway and um we've been been uh, just enjoying seeing the work here and, and planting out and we do do pray for you as well sometimes in our prayer meetings it comes up so i took took a few photos today just to sort of um show where that's appropriate just so people don't forget you and that they're you know, you're in, in hearts and minds. And we're going through a bit of a change as well in, in Medway. So our church, we've recently gone into five uh, smaller groupings, like almost like we've planted out, not separate churches, but we've gone from one big group where we used to meet in Mid-Kent College in Gillingham. And we've gone into to one in Gillingham, one in Rochester, one in the, the Hoo Peninsula area, one in Chatham, and also one in the Medway Valley area, which is like Waldham and Burham and that area, if you know Medway. And so we've been doing that since September. So coming here is a bit like, you know, man, this, this is what we're doing. So some of, the, some of the groups are smaller, like the one in Medway Valley. I think they're sort of gathering about 30 people. And, uh, and so we're, we're on that vibe. And in Chatham, the one, because we live in Chatham, we're, we're actually meeting in the Chatham Historic Dockyard, literally inside the dockyard walls. Um, and there's an old, like what was a sailor's church, which is, a, is an amazing building. You can seat about 500 in there, believe it or not, with a balcony. And there's about 50 of us that meet in there. And today they're doing picnic church. So we're like, you, you know, you're ahead of us here. We've got stuff to learn. So we know, it's a challenge, isn't it? It's, it's easy when, you, when you've got a sort of a church with loads of people and you can be running children's ministries and youth ministries and you've got everyone there and loads of people in music team. But suddenly when you reduce it down, send people out, it really is all hands on deck. And so we're, it's all new for us, but we're, we're excited about it and enjoying it and, uh, and have been coming in as well which has been exciting so um so literally i think in chatham they've got picnic blankets out on the floor and they're doing it they'd be having communion and that as well in the midst of it with all the kids so it's all new style and then we we what we do is we're meeting all together in one big group uh, every six weeks so that we still keep that sense of connection with one another so so we're, we're on mission together aren't we it's what we're, we're doing and and it, it doesn't stay the same for too long otherwise it, it often goes a bit stagnant doesn't it so so be encouraged if you're new here and you've come here um and you know it's a great great time to be involved where you can really be involved in the cutting edge of of what's happening here in Sittingbourne, and we're trusting that god will continue to draw people in which he has been doing isn't he i know i've been just been hearing stories recently a bit about god moving in people's hearts in different ways so praise god for that so Thank you for what you're doing, because we, we see it as like, I often say, like, you're, you're doing it on our behalf and vice versa. So you're here, we're there, but yet we're, we're about the same job, the same mission. Uh, you pray for us, we pray for you, we want to be there supporting you all the way, seeing it grow. So bless you all and receive lots of love from Cornerstone City Church in Medway. So today I want to talk a little bit about Christmas that's all right i don't know what what were you talking about last week i might like repeat it jesus he always comes up doesn't he at christmas time every week he's always there uh but to kick things off just about what i'm going to talk about today i'm going to play we're going to do a little bit of a music quiz is that all right this is gonna this is gonna um 
just introduce what I want to talk about today. So here we go. So I'm going to just play you a short little clip here. I'll, I'll put my mic here. It would be more than sufficient. And then you, you need to just listen and then tell me what song it is, all right? Here we go. There's only four of them. Don't worry. It's not going to take the whole morning. So this is the first one, right? Ready? that one football's coming home three lions yeah Badil and skinner uh that was the uh, lightning seeds wasn't it yeah so let, let's let's hear what it sounds like they're not all christmas songs <laughs> you might get one in there right is is the next one what's this Oh, that's a tricky one, that one. He's on to it. What do you say? Madness. Right, here's the next one. an intro that who's that one yeah what's it called sweet home alabama, sweet home alabama. Yeah. this is the last one here we are bit more christmasy there So that is Chris Rear. Now then, what's, for the, what's the common theme in all of those? Home. There we go. Boom. So I want to talk about Christmas being all about coming home. And uh, at the moment we're in, we're in what, what's known as Advent, which is that, that, that getting ready, the coming of Jesus. So we're, we're expectant, we're preparing. But Christmas is all about coming home. And there's a verse that's in the Old Testament and the New Testament, Matthew 1.23. After the angel had visited Mary and Jesus, it says this in Matthew 1. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then if you look in Isaiah, you find that's, that's what it's referring to, where it says, the prophet said, it's talking about this, uh, this prophecy that was given like seven, eight hundred years before, waiting, and now the arrival is about to happen. And th this theme of, of Christmas and coming home, this, this is really what this is all about, because it says that God... God is with us, that's what Emmanuel is, this, this coming to earth of God, this, this arrival of Jesus, this is all about him coming from his home in order to bring us home. John 14 verse 23, 
Jesus says that we will come and make our home with him. My father and I, he talks there about the Holy Spirit. This is before he gave up his life and died. But this, this like imagery of coming home and Jesus and God, the father coming to make his home for us, runs all the way through scripture. And there's so many images of it. The prodigal son, prodigal son, Luke 15, 11 to 33. If you know that story, it's really famous. But, but this, this is the story of many of us. It's certainly my story. When you are, you are brought up a certain way, you have a, you have a home, you have a family, you're loved, but yet you reject the father's leading and guiding and go. And in the story of the prodigal son, that's what happened. He goes and he takes his, his wealth and his inheritance and his money and he squanders it all. And he basically does his own thing for quite a while. And then it says he comes to his senses and he thinks, hang on a minute, what am I doing? I'm eating pig food here. It, things are not working out as I thought. There must be more than this. I'm, I think I could go home. I'd be better off at home as a servant than I would out here. So I'll go back and, and grovel. And when he goes back, what happens? The father is watching, sees him and moves towards him and actually runs, which in that culture was a, was a kind of scandalous thing to do. They didn't, they didn't run. So it's this imagery of God moving towards us with passion, welcoming the son back in. And that was my story. I don't know if that's anyone else's story here as well, of going away. I, know I was brought up in a Christian home, and, uh, and that, was, that was kind of all I knew, really, till I was about age 13 or so. And then, and then inevitably, there's, there's that drift that often takes place, and so for the next 10 years or so, just doing my own thing, equivalent of, until one day the reality of God hit me when I was at home and it felt like God came into the room. That was the sort of experience I had. It was like I was there thinking, thinking, I'm not sure if this is true, trying to weigh it up. I was in the conversation with my dad, thinking, you know, it doesn't mean anything to me though about, about Jesus and his life and death. It's just like, it's like a story that I, I, from a distance, think is probably true. But if that's all it is, this ain't really touching my life. So it, it's not, it don't mean nothing to me. I remember saying those words. And as I said, it don't mean nothing to me. It was as if God went from up there beyond the, the ceiling and like came into the room. It was, it was like a presence, like a reality. And in that minute, that was the minute where something shifted and that was the beginning of me turning and coming home because the reality of God had come in and it was. That was a moment, literally, where I, I, in, in my heart, it was like I recognised who God was, that he was there and gave my life back to him. And then over the next few weeks, all kinds of things were going on, which I won't get into. And eventually I connected up with other Christians and so on. Um, but that whole process probably took about another year. But that was the moment that the reality of God and his love for me and the, the fact that he was like saying, I'm here. And it, and it felt like, well, it felt like in that minute, because I was, I'd been way out of it. But it, I had the, it felt like that I'd, I'd, not been, I'd not been inside the home with God and that he'd just been waiting for me. And it was this feeling that he'd, no, he'd not been in a rush. He'd been waiting. He hadn't changed. And he was still there. And it was like he suddenly came and stood next to me. And, and I had this like dawning of like, what have I been doing for the last decade? Like this feeling of, I've literally just been wasting my time. And I know God works in everything and redeems it. And so in that sense, it's not wasted. But in that minute, it was like, it felt like, I can't waste another minute. There's no point in life without 
being next to God. And then it took a few months to sort of work out what that actually meant. So, so this, this is Christmassy, that's my point. Um, when we think of Advent and Christmas and Emmanuel and God with us and, and baby Jesus in a, in a crib and so on, um, we, I just want us to think this is about coming home. And this is about God trying to bring people home. And amazingly, that's the way he did it. If you think about it, it's, it's, a, it's a strange way. It's a weird way. It's, it's something that many people think is a fairy tale or foolishness. That's what it says, doesn't it, in the New Testament, that it's, it's foolishness to those that don't believe or who are perishing, who haven't seen it yet. It's, it's silliness. But to those that are being saved, it is the power of God, the truth of God. So it's about coming home. We're adopted into his family. Luke, Galatians 4, verse 4 to 7, that we're adopted as his children, we're given the, the spirit of Jesus and adopted into his family, brought into his household. So that's the first thing. It's about coming home this Christmas. And it might be that some of you here need to come home. I don't know where you're at. It might be that some have drifted and you've got a feeling that, you know, I've not completely gone, but I've gone off down the path and away a bit. And actually, yeah, this is this Christmas. What is this about? This is about God bringing people home secondly this is about creating a home so coming home creating a home so the reason why we come home is is not just so that we live in the home it's so that we we then get to be involved like in enjoying the household and making a household so that others enjoy it so like we we enjoy it with a family with christian brothers and sisters ephesians 2 19 says that we're, we're fellow citizens, fellow people, and members of God's household. It literally uses that term. So we're brought home into a household. And, and God's heart has always been to connect people up in, in groups, communities, families. Back in the Old Testament, Psalm 68.6 says, God sets the lonely in families. And so that, that is the heart of, of our Father. That's the heart of God. And that he's a God who brings us home. He wants to put people into groups, communities, connect people up so that they're not on their own lowly. Why? Because it's, that is where transformation takes place. So as you come home and you're involved in a family, you're involved in a Christian household, transformation takes place. Regardless of what your own earthly family is like or has been like, because all of us come from earthly families that are not perfect, that are in some way flawed or faulty, doesn't matter how brilliant they are, there's always something. And, and the, the level of dysfunction is sometimes high. But God is not like that. His household is not going to be like that in eternity. And it starts now. The work of moving into the reality of what God's house is going to be like and is, is starts now. It's available now. And... Within that context, transformation takes place. I know for me that, uh, that after about a year, year and a half or so, till I, till I connected up with other Christians, it felt like the, the process of change in my life, of transformation, was, was like only in first gear. And so it felt like God was there, I knew him, I was loved, and that, that something had shifted in me. And it, and it really did feel like it was, it was his grace and mercy and love. Because I tell you, I hadn't done nothing. It wasn't like I'd, I deserved for him to come to me and show me. Because I was, 
I'd been away. So the fact that God comes to me, to you, to people when we're sometimes at our worst shows you why it really must be to do with his love and grace and mercy. So I knew that, but yet it wasn't until I connected in with the household of God that I felt like I moved up gears. But as soon as you connect in with the family or the household of God, you, you discover, oh, they're all a bit dysfunctional. <laughs> and and that's, what, that's what homes are like. I remember in my, my own family, my, my family were Christians. I was brought up in a Christian home, as I say. But that, that they were dysfunctional. It wasn't all perfect. And if we went round, I bet you could all say, you know, I've got two of my kids are here today. Um, they, they'd all give examples of how our family is not perfect. And you do the same. Uh, we're all like that. I remember in my family when I was about probably 15, 16, around that age, I, I remember by then I'd already started to, to depart on a heart level. That's what I'm talking about. Creating a, creating a, a household and a community as a church, you have to do it at a heart level. You have to connect at a heart level. I'd already started to disconnect from my own family at heart level uh, the church I'd really disconnected from and, and I'd, so I just remember oh, I just wasn't in the same place as them everything just felt dysfunctional I remember there was a knock at the door we were having dinner um, one of the few occasions I, you know, I was eating dinner there and, um, and my dad had got to the door first to answer it I hadn't heard it or something next thing the dining room door opens in walks these two girls one of them I was like, having a bit of a relationship with and, uh, and then my dad's like, oh, yes, come in, sit round the table. And I died, you know, at that age. It was like, you know, and there's my little brother there and my little sister, you know, six years younger, 12 years younger, sitting round the table. It's like, oh, no, it was like one of the worst moments. I can still remember the, the sort of the, the embarrassment and shame of it, you know. No longer was I cool. I was now round the table there. And, it, and it, it's because you feel the dysfunction in yourself, in your family. It, it, it doesn't all align and line up. So you just feel uncomfortable. And I remember, you know, whiffing it all down, polite conversation, just trying to get out. Come, let's get out of here as quick as possible. And I remember afterwards um, that, that one of the girls, girls said, um, the backstory is because my mum my, my actually had eating disorders, so that, that's a whole other dysfunction. And so sometimes the arrangement on her plate of food, um, she's passed away now, but uh, it was interesting. The, the proportions were um, mountainous at times on some and not on others because of calorie ca- counting and all this kind of stuff. And so uh, I just remember as, as we went out, I remember one of the girls going, Ear, your mum don't half have a lot of sprouts. And I was like, so embarrassed because the, the, the sprouts were like, no lie, like about 40 sprouts, you know, on the plate in a pile, you know, all this kind of thing. And so the dysfunction in family, in, you know, I've touched on so many little dysfunctions there, you can imagine it, makes you feel like this thing don't work. And when you come into church, church is full of people like that, who have mountains of sprouts or equiv- equivalents. And so you come into God's household, as it were, and you're thinking, this, this ain't all perfect either. But yet, God, that is what God has chosen. He's chosen to create a home. Bringing you home doesn't mean bringing you home as an individual to live by yourself with this kind of personal thing where you go off to heaven. It's come home now, connect with your brothers and sisters. 
in Christ are you going to be with for all eternity? And now make this thing work. Um, you called to make it work because I, I came, I came down, Jesus came, this is what Christmas was about. I came into this world and it was hard. It was so hard that I had to become like a man, it says in Philippians. I had to humble myself to become in likeness a servant and to give up my life even to death on a cross in order to bring you home. That's how hard it was. That's how dysfunctional the world was and is. And I lived in it. And the call is, come, come and follow me, he says, and make this thing a reality so that then you can bring others into that home. And we can doubt sometimes that it transforms us, but it does. It's strange how the dysfunction of, of us and other people working it through together actually changes our hearts. That's the thing, that's the context, that's the, like, the arena in which we're changed. Not by being around loads of other perfect people, um, but by being around other people that have dysfunctions and weaknesses and working through sin as they're taking hold of everything that God has called us to be. That is it, that's where change happens. And so in the last, however long it's been now, like since 1996, when I first came back into a church, it felt, felt like I've been transformed in a load of mess and muddle and challenges. But yet I'm nothing like I was in 1996. And if you've been a Christian for a while, you'd say the same. But if you look back and you think, what's done it? It certainly weren't one sermon. It wasn't going on a course. It was following God through it all. It's like he's there alongside me as he, when he came into that room. And he's there alongside you and alongside us collectively as well. The transforming power of being in a household is, is even been shown in studies psychologically. So there's, there's a, a Christian counsellor, he's passed away now actually, but uh, quite a well-known psychologist counsellor, Larry Crabb, you heard of him? Um, Larry Crabb, he writes in his book, Becoming a True Spiritual Community, he says that research now shows that, that being in a community or a family without specifically addressing even any problems and having real friendships where you're connecting at a heart level, that, that's, you know, that's the key element to it, can at times be more successful than going through counselling. So often the loneliness, the disconnect, the lack of friendships, the lack of integration with others at a heart level uh, makes us unwell and sick. Pushing into that is what leads to transformation. And so in that context, in a, in a real family, in a household, spiritual household, you, you find like safety to actually engage in conflict properly, to deal with stuff, to, to, to share truthfully and honestly, to serve alongside other people, to be with others who, who lead and guide and teach and and shepherd you to be to be involved with something that gives you a, a deeper and a bigger more transcendent sense of meaning all of those things you find in God's household and it but it's not just a theory there's actually a person there's Jesus at the center which means there's real power at the center there's potential and possibilities for things to happen for lives to be changed for people to be healed for door, new doors to open for God's provision and miracles, as Adam was talking about earlier in worship, to trust and believe for that to take place. So, so we've got to create home. This is, this is what Christmas is about. We've got to conduct ourselves 
accordingly in the house of God. It's not like anything goes, is it? We know that once you're in the house, it's, yeah, work it out together, but, but let's do it the way Jesus tells us to do. And, there's, and the New Testament's full of that. Like, put off those ways of doing things. Put on these new ways of doing things. Get rid of this stuff that won't help you in the household and start practicing and doing these things that will help you. Finally, opening your home. So this is about, this is about you, this is about us. So, so creating home together, but then opening our home. So our, yes, our spiritual church family is open. It's great to see what you're doing, you know, inviting people. It's all about that. But it, but it starts with our, with our own hearts being open to other people that don't know Jesus. starts then our own, literally our homes as well, where we, li- where we live as well. And so we're, there, we're making friends, basically. We're, we're letting others in at a heart level to us. Jesus said this, John 14, I don't call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I call you friends because everything that I've, I know, that I've learned from the Father, I've let you know as well. So, so friendship, so being in, in a household, being in God's household, being with one another is about friendship. And we're to share that with others just like Jesus did. And for me, I remember this was part of what helped me connect in with church. I'd already had uh, you know, experience with God um, when I was in my early 20s, that moment. But, but it was when I moved, I moved in with someone, um, a friend, I was, I was lodging a room with him, and, and he just started coming to church, and he invited people around to his house, and it was through meeting friends, his friends, and when we had dinner once, they said a prayer, and they were similar age to me, sort of in their 20s. And they, they'd sat around, we had dinner, and they said a prayer, and they gave thanks for it. But it felt real, like genuine and authentic. And it was like I made friends. And because I made friends, I then connected up and went along to a church gathering with them. And that was it. But if you said to me, what was the sequence? I'd say it was God coming to me. Yeah, he came to me, revealed himself to me. It was then he connected me with friends. And then I came home into a spiritual community. And then further transformation took place. And it's like God saying, that's what we've got to keep going. Like that cycle is the way in which God works. He, he comes when new one, no one knew him, what he was doing. There he is. He's, he's, he's initiating this being born thing as a human is moving towards us so it this is the heart of god so open your heart open your home and allow that transformation that you've experienced in part to start touching the lives of others is this the call for us at cornerstone in medway and beyond this is the call for for hope church as well here and beyond and the different lives that you're going to touch beyond here bring others home so how are you going to open your heart over this Christmas. Uh, I know here you've got CAP, Christians Against Poverty. We're involved with that as well. And uh, one of the big things they highlight at Christmas is, is loneliness. And again, back to that psychologist quote, so many people are burdened and lonely and feel the weight over this season of being alone or financial struggles and so on. And so reaching out, whether it's involvement in CAP, volunteering in some way, whether it's just being involved informally in the church community or or, or seeing who is it in our street or our neighbourhood. So reaching out with friendship is often the first step to bringing someone home. So I want to encourage you to press on with that this year. I'll just finish with this little story. Um, I recently read 
Um, at night, I often wake up in the middle of the night, and so I read on my, my Kindle if I wake up. And I've got through loads of books. It's like reading an hour at like three in the morning and then going back to sleep. One of the books I read was Andre Agassi, remember him? His, his, uh, his biography, autobiography. Tennis player, anyway. He was world number one, Grand Slam winner. He sort of rewind 20 years, basically. Need to go back then. And um, he, was, he, was, he was a bit of a tennis celebrity as well. He was sort of one of the first tennis celebrities. Um, paparazzi following about and all the rest of it. But there's this little story about, about home and household that I thought, isn't that fascinating? Even in his life, these same truths or principles I'm talking about, he's recognising them from a, from a non-Christian spiritual point of view. And he, he says this, this is in going back to 1989. He's working with this, this trainer um, who's getting him fit called uh, Gil. And he's been working with him for a while. The gains are big. The bonds are strong. Um, this guy, Gil, is about 18 years older than him. And he's a bit more of a father figure to him. And on some level, he, sent, he says, I sense that I'm the son that he never had as well. He's got three children, but they're all daughters. So it's like I've been incorporated into his heart in some way. And it's one of the things that go unspoken between us. Everything else gets spoken about, hashed out, spelled out, um, but not that. And his, him and his wife have a lovely tradition on Thursday nights. Everyone in the family can order whatever they want for dinner. And his wife will cook it up with the daughters. And uh, if one daughter wants hot dogs, hot dogs, no worries. Another one wants chocolate chip pancakes, no worries. We'll have that as well. And so I always make, this is on Dragons, I always make a habit of stopping by on Thursday nights to eat with them. And then I used to eat off everyone else's plates. The food keeps on coming. But before long, I'm at Gil's house every other night. When it's late and I don't feel like driving home by himself to his own house, I crash on his floor. Gil has another tradition. No matter how uncomfortable a person looks, if they're asleep, they're not uncomfortable, leave them to it. So he never wakes me up, he just throws a little rug over me and leaves me right there on the floor and lets me sleep till the morning. And then one day, Gil says to me, listen, we, we love having you here, you know that, you know that. But I've got to ask, you're a good-looking kid. Um, by this time, he was, he was like a w winner. He's already a celebrity at this point, um, winning millions of dollars by this time. You're a good-looking kid, you're wealthy, you can, you can be in loads of places, but yet you're coming to my house for Thursday night hot dogs and you sleeping on my floor like, like some kind of animal. And I said, yeah, but I like sleeping on floors. My back even feels better when I sleep on the floor. I, I don't mind about the floor. And he said, no, but I'm not talking about the floor. I'm talking about just coming here. Are you sure you want to be here? You must have better places you can be. And I said to him, I can't think of a better place that I'd rather be, Gil, than here. And he gives me a hug. And at that point, I thought to myself, I didn't know what a hug was until I'd been hugged by a man with a 56-inch chest. <laughs> and on Christmas Eve, 1989, Gil asked if I want to come over to his house and spend the holiday with him and, uh, and, and Christmas. And, and I said, I thought you'd never ask. And, and while cookies are being made over this Christmas period and the daughters are upstairs sleeping, I'm sitting down with Gil and we're on the, sitting on the living room floor, putting together presents for the kids, wrapping them up. And I, and I don't know when I felt so peaceful. And he says, wouldn't you be happy at some party? 
you know, with all your, all your friends. And I say, no, I'm right where I want to be. For, what, for once in my life, I say to him, for once in my life, my life feels like I'm connected and I'm in the place that I'm supposed to be. It's always felt like my life belongs to someone else, my father first of all, then my other manager. It's always tennis, tennis, tennis. Even my body wasn't my own. I have to just train it and use it for the benefit of my sport. And so being here with your family, I feel like you're doing what a father's supposed to do. And I've never had that. And I feel for the first time in my life that I belong. And Gil says to me, enough said, I'll never ask again, happy Christmas, son. What a great story. And Andre Agassi, and it, when you think about it, he's come home. It's so simple, but yet so powerful and transforms even the lives of those that seemingly have everything else on offer. And that, that's what we have together as the church community, as God's people. That's what God is doing and he's done to us. So let's keep pressing on for that this Christmas. Let's finish by responding. It might be that, that today you, you want to come home or you've drifted and you're thinking, yeah, I know I've got, to, I've got to just make that declaration. God, I know I'm dysfunctional. I know I've got stuff to sort out, but I know you've, you've offered me life. You can bring that change. And if that's you, I'll pray and in your heart, you can say, yes, please, God, I want to come home. And then I'd, I'd encourage you, connect up with someone here, let them know. And secondly, it might be that you need to make a, like a little decision. Yeah, over the next few weeks, I've, I've got to keep my eyes on other people and maybe invite them into my home. It may be there's people here who you know, or they're new or on their own or lonely. I don't know. I don't know you all well enough, um, both within the church community, but also beyond. Um, are we just going to get stuck, sort of isolated in our own little homes or bubbles? Or can, have we got big enough, enough of God and grace in our heart to reach out to some others over this season? So that's the two things. Let's, let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you have brought us home, that you came, Jesus, and you, you laid down your life. You left your home and entered our dysfunctional world in order to write it and save it and rescue and to bring us home thank you that you say if anyone receives me and if anyone obeys me and takes on my word I will come and make our home with them we thank you that you've done that but I want to pray for any here now who know they need to come home any that have drifted thank you that you receive us back I want to come home father and I give myself to you again today. Help me and fill me. And Lord, I pray for each one over these next few weeks that you'd show us those around us who, who we're to connect with on a heart level, who we can open our homes to, who, who we can open our hearts to, who we can invite in, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will send to us those uh, others that you want to bring home. Thank you that just like me and others here, you've you, you meet with us at home. We don't even need to be like in a church building. There's nothing like holy about buildings. We'd be at home. We'd be in Costa. We'd be at work. And you meet with people. So I pray like now, bless Sittingbourne, Lord. Will you meet with people over this Christmas season like you did with me? And Lord, I pray, send them on that, that journey of connecting in with your people and your household, Lord. Open our eyes that we may see them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.